So we're going to be in Romans chapter 5, 1 through 11 today. God's Word reads, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For the one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps uh, for, a, uh, for, for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let's pray together. God, we come before You today to, to, to thank You first and foremost for being a God that is in complete control, for being a God that is not surprised by all the events happening around the world or all the unrest uh, uh, going on in, in our country or all the division. Uh, God, that You're in complete control. And, uh, and we pray that You help us today to realize that... Uh, that everything is go that's going on is going on according to your plan, whether that be throughout the world or even in our own lives, and that we would trust you, uh, that we would uh, that we your our eyes would be open to your wonder and your authority and your power, uh, and so God, we uh, we just humbly come before this passage today, asking you to help us to understand what to do in the midst of our suffering, uh, how to trust in you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. So help us, God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And this morning I want to talk to you about who's in control. Uh, who's in control um, of your life, uh, of your uh, thoughts, of your, you know, your daily life. Uh, who are you truly trusting in? Who has the controls uh, on your life and and in uh, a challenging question I want you to think about this week and pray about is have you run to the refuge of God's control or are you living under the power of the evil one and uh, and so have we run to the refuge of God's control trusting him completely with everything no matter how things turn out, no matter what is happening in our lives, have we run to that refuge that I am trusting in God, He is in control, or are we living under the power of the evil one? In John 5.19, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And so if we try to find our hope in the world, of course, 
we're gonna we're we're gonna end up really frustrated and, and struggling and hopeless, and we're gonna end up addicted to something to try to mask the uh, the pain and the in the void in our life because we're under the power of the evil one, and his hope is not to make you happy. His hope is to to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And so if I'm not surrendered to the power of God in Jesus Christ, then I'm living under the power of the evil one. This whole world is, it lies in the power of the evil one. So as we sometimes struggle with the awful things that happen in the world, like this week, a plane being shot out of the sky for just you know, called an accident or whatever, all these people that lose their lives in an instant, those evil things happen. What we should really wonder and praise God for is that they don't happen more often. Because when we think about the evilness in the human heart and in the whole world under the power of the evil one, it is only by God's grace that things aren't so much worse. And the only reason they're not so much worse is because God wants no one to perish, but He wants everyone to have eternal life. And God is using these things to wake us up to who's truly in control that we might run to the refuge of God's control for our lives. In Psalm 37, 39-40, the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. It's not from the Baptist church. It's not from the Pope. It's not from anything else. Your own good works. The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. He is their stronghold in the time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. Praise God for that. He delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. In Romans 5.3, Paul declares that believers rejoice in times of suffering. And he's not describing the common everyday troubles that everyone endures. Right? Our, our backache and our, and our knee pain or whatever like that. But he's talking about the troubles that happen because we are identified with Jesus. The troubles that we endure and the struggles that we have because we have put our trust. We have run to the refuge of Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord. We believe He's the way, the truth, and the life. We believe that no one comes to God except through faith in Jesus Christ. And when we run to that refuge, we're going to become a target. We're going to be on the enemy's radar. And so we have to think about that. There are troubles that will come your way because you're identified with Jesus Christ. And for the early church, that was especially true. That was especially true for them. They were persecuted in ways that we as Americans have not yet experienced, but it could be coming any day. Uh, we're, we're, inching that, we're inching there every day. We're closer to that type of persecution. But they were under great threat for their lives. And they had to trust and run to the refuge of God and trust and know Jesus Christ or their Savior and Lord, or they just would have given up. And we wouldn't be here today worshiping God and studying God's Word and singing these hymns about God if these believers had given up. But instead of giving up, they rejoiced in God. They rejoiced in Him. 
And so think about those troubles in your life that come because you're a Christian. Because you put your faith in Jesus. Have you ever began to really start reading the Bible? Really start to pray? And then all these things start to flare up. And they don't seem related to you reading the Bible and praying. That's persecution. That's Satan. All these distractions come your way. All these problems begin to rise up. And then months and, and you know, weeks later, you're like, oh gosh, I've got to get back to reading the Bible. Uh, you know, and, and so all these things can happen. And, we, and Satan is very good at not making us realize that it's him attacking us day after day because we're following Jesus. Because we've made these commitments to share Jesus Christ's love with the world, to read God's Word, to be people of God. People who've run to His refuge and trust in Him. In 2 Timothy 3.12, Paul teaches that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not might be persecuted. You will be persecuted. If you identify with Jesus Christ and you live godly in Christ Jesus, you will be persecuted for that belief. And it may not be from the government right now, but the enemy is attacking your thoughts. He's attacking your heart. He'll attack your friends, anyone around you that can then attack you. He'll use whoever he can Whatever weaknesses He can find in you, He will target those things to bring persecution in your life. And so we've got to be aware of that. We've got to be awakened to that and realize that the, that the people I'm fighting with, that's not the real issue. Paul said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against all the power of the evil one in the world. And so we've got to be ready to that faithfulness to Jesus will bring pressure from Satan. If you're faithful to Jesus, well, like we talked about a few, a few weeks ago, in those small things, the pressure from Satan is going to come and the pressure from the world system that's under Satan's control is going to come upon you because Satan is a control freak. And when he doesn't have control, he's going to attack you. He wants to see you doing what He wants you to do. And He doesn't care if you just come to church and sit in a pew. He especially loves those people that will come and sit in a pew and then live like demons the rest of the week. Hey, you're His best people, right? That's what You're doing the best work for Him. He wants to control your life. And, and, uh, and He's going to attack you to keep that control. And so that's what persecution is, is about is trying to get you to stop trusting in God by, by you know, attacking you in whatever way He can. And so have you ever met people that, that have control issues? Right? People with control issues. Uh, and, uh, and, and if you're a person that struggles with, with wanting to always have control of everything around you, you're going to really struggle when persecution comes because it's out of your hands. You've got to trust in the Lord. You've got to run to His refuge. You've got to stop trying to fix it yourself. And people with control issues, they're always correcting people, right? And they're very critical. They're very judgmental of others because they think they've got it all figured out. They're the ones that everybody ought to model their lives after. People with control issues think they've got to be in charge. 
Everything's got to be under their authority, under their control. They don't, they don't, they're not team players, right? And they're always willing to take credit for all the success. It was all because of their life. And, and all these things are, are what Satan is all about, right? He wants to take charge of your life. He wants to be in control. He wants to, to take credit for the destruction he does in your life. And all the ruin that spreads because uh, of what's going on in your life. Uh, people with control issues. What was the next one? Uh, yeah, they never admit when they're wrong. Any of y'all struggle with that? They always think they know what's best for someone else. And so they're always trying to change people. Before they're willing to respect you and accept you and truly love you, they're going to change you. They want to manipulate you. They want you to do, be like they want you to be. They want to, they you know, do all those things and try to, try to change you instead of love you and let God, trust God to, to move in your life and to change you. People with control issues spend a lot of their time trying to prevent bad things from happening so they can maintain control at all times. And they're wasting their time because uh, we can't stop bad things from happening. Uh, we have to trust in God every single day of our life and people with control issues don't delegate things to others they got to do it themselves they want total control they always have to have the last word and they don't have time for anybody who makes a mistake you make a mistake you're you know they're done with you right they're out of there and if you're somebody that struggles with control issues you better be ready if you follow Christ that it's going to be out of your control and you're going to have to rest in the Lord and trust in Him, become a prayer warrior, uh, because it's going to be difficult. And Satan is going to manipulate that. Just like he's a control freak, if he sees that in you, he knows how to target that. He knows how to hit you the hardest and, and what to do and, and, and to, to really cause you to doubt and to struggle and to go back to the world that he controls. To go back to living the way he wants you to live saying the things He wants you to say, thinking the way He wants you to think. But as believers, we're called to be different. And that's such a difficult thing. Listen in Matthew 5, 10-12, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Not blessed are you who are persecuted because you're mean and you're rude, right? Not that, but if you are, pers if you are persecuted for righteousness' sake, because of Jesus, because you follow Him, you can rejoice. You are blessed, He says. Uh, what an what a, what amazing thing. What's that next verse? Is that the whole one? Okay. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So he, re he repeats it again. Rejoice and be glad. Blessed are you who are persecuted. Rejoice and be glad. Because suffering for Jesus' sake is evidence that you're living a Christ-like life. If you're not being persecuted, if you can't identify ways that you sense that, that there's things going on that are out of your control, that must be a spiritual battle, spiritual warfare, it's very possible that you're not living a Christ-like life. Because Satan is going to attack us when we live a Christ-like life. Listen to John 15, 20. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. 
If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So we're not greater than Jesus. Look how he was persecuted and expect that in your own life. In 2 Corinthians 4.17, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So the believers in the early church were struggling greatly with persecution, with being martyred, with uh, all kinds of, uh, of hardships coming upon them. And Paul tells them that it's going to be over soon. And the, it's worth it. It's worth it. 1 Peter 4.19 Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. Therefore let those who suffer according to God's will, entrust their souls to a faithful Creator while doing good. In Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed with us. And so our great challenge as we think about Romans chapter 5 and all these verses, how do we rejoice in suffering? How do I truly do that? How do I rejoice when things are coming against me? When there's an enemy attacking me that I can't even see? And first of all, Paul says we need to treasure peace with God. Uh, treasure peace with God. There in, 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 in chapter 5, verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God and we're saved from the wrath of God. So treasure that. Think deeply about that. That without Christ, you are not at peace with God. And the enemy that is after you in this world is not your greatest enemy. Jesus said, don't fear what people can do to you. And think of all the awful things people can do to you. He says, you better fear what God can do to you. Because He can throw your soul into hell forever and ever and ever. And so the wrath of God, which is going to come upon this world, where all that is wrong and all the people that are abusive and ugly and, and doing horrible things all over this earth are going to suffer and pay the penalty for their sin righteously and justly. That wrath that is going to come, uh, is, is, you know, it's going it's to be a, a horrifyingly amazing thing as it cleanses the earth. right? Kind of like a surgery scares you and, it's, and they're going to cut you up they're going to take stuff out and they're going to do all these, these horrible things to you, but it's for your good. And that's what God's wrath is going to do on this earth. And, and, uh, and we better fear that and we better share the hope of Jesus Christ because without Jesus, we are not saved from that wrath. We deserve that wrath from God. We deserve it. And yet Jesus stood in our place and He paid the price. And I've got to treasure the peace that comes from that. No matter what the enemy does to me. No matter what people do to me. They can't take my peace with God. That is a gift given to me. Paid for on the cross by the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. And I've got to treasure that and hold fast to that. If I'm going to have any ability to rejoice in suffering. I've got to treasure that peace and recognize what I am saved from. I'm not just saved from my own dumb mistakes and my own sin, but from the wrath of God, the righteous wrath of God upon this earth. 
And then we've got to take advantage of the access we have with God. We're no longer enemies. We're no longer enemies of God. In verse 2, he says, We have gained, we have obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand. So we have obtained access with God. And then in verse 10, he says, For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So through Jesus Christ, we're no longer enemies of God. We're no longer enemies. And how amazing that truth is. And you've got to understand that if you're going to ever care about the things of God. If you're ever going to survive the persecution that Satan is going to bring your way. Constantly whispering lies in your ear. Sending temptations to make you fall. Distractions, problems, anything he can send your way to keep you from having a relationship with God, to keep you from reading your Bible, to keep you from truly praying and inviting Him into every area of your life, talking to Him about everything in your life, to keep you from discovering the gift God has given you so that you can share the message of Jesus Christ in this world. Satan is going to do everything, and so we've got to take advantage of the access we have with God. You can talk to Him. Anywhere you are, everywhere you are, you can talk to God and share your heart with Him. Everywhere you go. And then the third thing we've got to do is thrive in God's grace. Thrive in God's grace. For we're reconciled. That means we're made right with God so that we may rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In verse 2, he says that we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So we've got to thrive in that. Take advantage of that. In verse 11, he says, More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. It's got to mean something to you deep in your soul that you're made right with God through Jesus Christ. You've got to recognize how wrong we are. We've got to see that. How little we care about the things of God. Uh, how, you know, how it doesn't mean much to us uh, in, in, until we really get into that right relationship with God by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And then we stand in that grace. And, and Satan is going to remind you of all the sin that you did. And what do you do? You stand in that grace. Satan's going to send people in your life to stir up controversy. Maybe they spread gossip about you. Maybe they just stir, well, to cause whatever kind of problems they can cause. And you've got to stand in the grace of God. You've got to cherish who you are in Christ and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. That it's all worth it. Say what you want about me. Do what you want to me. I'm going to rejoice in my God. I'm going to trust in Him. I read today in a, in a quiet time in Acts where uh, they're in jail and, and they've been, they've been uh, flogged and beaten severely and they're thrown in jail and they're shackled in jail and they're singing hymns to God and praising God. Right? That is what our faith is built on. People who, whatever they did to them, they did not lose their heart for Jesus. They did not lose their hope in Jesus Christ. And that is why we have the Bible today. That is why we have the message of Jesus alive and well today. is because these believers persevere. 
So suffering for Jesus, Paul says in chapter 5, creates perseverance. It creates perseverance which produces proof. So if we get Asa back there to start running up and down the aisles, which he has the energy to do, but after a while, if he perseveres and keeps running up and down the aisles, the proof is going to be sweat coming down his brow, right? He's going to be breathing heavy. We're going to see that proof. And so as we suffer for Jesus and we persevere, now if you give up, the Bible says you didn't know Him anyways. Right? If they walk away from us, they weren't of us. They didn't know us. But if we persevere, and that's what we want to pray for most, is a persevering spirit that I will not give up on my Jesus. I will not give up on God. Regardless of what happened, that is going to produce proof in our life that we're following Jesus. And that's going to generate hope. As people see you persevere in the name of Jesus Christ, as people see that it's not just some fad you're going through, it's not just something you do on Sundays, but it's an everyday thing for your life. When you persevere, you're going to have proof and that's going to produce hope, not only in your heart, but it's a hope that's going to share, a message that's going to spread everywhere you go as the Holy Spirit pours more and more of God's love into our hearts. Right? That's what we've got to pray for. That's what we've got to hope in. The struggles of this life will crush us or they'll create in us a God-glorifying, Christ-exalting life. You can pick what you want. To live in this world with all of Satan's wonder and you know all of his pleasures or whatever he has for you that are not going to last... That, uh, that are only going to be there for a little while and eventually you're going to be crushed. You're going to be crushed by the enemy or you're going to live a life that perseveres in the name of Jesus and it's going to be a God-glorifying, Christ-exalting life. So I want to challenge you today to trust God with the controls. I don't know what that means for your life. I don't know what you might be going through or what might be happening around you. Trust God. He knows what He's doing. And He is doing a glorious work in you. God knows what He is doing. And if you'll trust Him and you'll persevere in Him and you won't give up, He is doing a glorious work in your life and through your life. So who are you trusting with the controls? Who are you trusting with the controls for your life? And that's got to start with salvation. You've got to have that awakening to where you begin to realize who God is, what Jesus has done, how great your sin is to this God that created you and gave you life, and you repent of that, and you give your life to Jesus Christ. It's got to start with salvation. You're not going to be controlled by God uh, you know, truly through the Holy Spirit until you give your life to Jesus Christ. Satan is in control of this world. And the world powers all around us. And the only way we survive that and we uh, rise above that is to trust God. To ask Jesus Christ to come into your life to empower you, to fill you with a new hope, a new life, a new mission, a new worldview, uh, where everything becomes new in your life as you put your trust in Jesus Christ. So I want to ask you today, have you done that? Do you have a certainty in your heart? 
Do you have a living relationship with God? Not just a Sunday relationship. Not just I'm here because my mom drugged me to church or, or grandma you know, told me to come or whatever. I'm here today because I want to know God's Word. I want to live in the Savior. I want, to, you know, I want to exalt God every day of my life. If you don't know Christ as your Savior today, during this time of invitation, we ask you to pray. We ask you to, to, to just begin to ask God. Maybe today it's just the first step. God, I don't know. Help me. Help me to, to, to learn more about You. Help me to seek You. And then maybe today you sense that burden that today is the day of salvation. None of us are promised tomorrow. And we challenge you to, to take care of business today. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, invite Him into your life today. Ask Him to forgive all of your sin and ask Him today to be the Lord of your life, the Savior of your life. Believe in what God has done in sending His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you're a believer today, maybe you need prayer for perseverance. Maybe you need prayer uh, for, for help and strength in the midst of the battle you're facing. Maybe you're struggling with control and you want to be in control and, and it's hard to let go and let God uh, you know, have the controls of your life. But as we close, we pray that you would take care of business. That you would let God move in your life. So y'all bow with me as we say a closing prayer. And take a few moments to pray for the person next to you. The person around you. Someone in your life that you know doesn't know Christ. Take a moment to pray for those that may not be here today. Maybe there are people in your family that you want to be here that are living without Christ. Pray for them. Pray for people all over Walnut Springs that are living without Christ, that are living under the power of the evil one. God, we close this service with a desire to exalt You, to see You work in miraculous and mighty ways. God, to see Your peace come into hearts to see Your strength fill our lives as we fight and wage war in this world against the evil one. And God, we just pray for anyone today that's sharing their heart with You, whether they be struggles with control, whether they be struggles to persevere, whether they be um, struggles with salvation. God, move in power today. Don't let anyone leave here who is lost, that needs to be saved, that is that is. Uh, that is, don't let them put it off, God. Help them right now to invite You into their life to save them. And God, help us in this week to come to live a life that is risen, to live a life that is new, to live a life that exalts Your name regardless of the circumstances in our lives. Move in power as we close this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.